Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to Dr. E.J. McKenzie on Blog Talk Radio. everyone. This is your host, Prophetess Kathy L. McKenzie, and you're listening to Blog Talk Radio this evening at 6 p.m. Today is April 29th, and this is a Monday evening, and we're so glad that you joined us on this evening to hear what God has to speak to us on tonight. Before we begin, um, I just want to give you one quick announcement, which is regarding our prayer um, prayer conference line that began today, and we're going to uh, normally we do it until uh, Wednesday, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday at 5.30 a.m., but this week the Lord spoke to us to extend it through Thursday, which we will be praying also on that day at 5.30 a.m., uh, but Thursday, for those of you who uh, don't know, Thursday is the National Day of Prayer, and so we're going to be praying on that day as well, so prayer will be um, to, um, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. This is the first time we've done this. Uh, we normally do pray, but um, God has been leading us uh, for, I, I believe this is our, probably going on our second year where we've been praying um, at the end of every month, um, the last Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday of the month at 5.30 a.m. So for those of you who would like to join us, you can go to our website, uh, ejmpcc.com, and you can get the phone number. Um, the reference number for today's prayer line is already on the website, so if you'd like to listen to that prayer and pray along with us, we believe that every time you listen to it and pray along with us, the momentum of God will increase, and I believe that God is going to speak to to you and do something in your spirit every time you listen and pray along with us. Yesterday, we heard a powerful um, word on the righteousness of God um, through our man of God on yesterday, and I just want to continue in that vein concerning righteousness. Um, I really didn't realize there were so many scriptures concerning Abraham, who is our father of faith, uh, concerning the righteousness of Abraham. And it's just so many powerful scriptures that God has spoken to us concerning um, his righteousness. Um, if sin had not been defeated, you and I would not be able to say that we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So I want to be able to look at some scriptures today, and if you go along with me, journey along with me as we go over some scriptures tonight and see how the Lord will speak to us concerning the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. First of all, you and I have to realize that the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus is by faith. And let me back up. First of all, I have to realize that righteousness is a person, and that is Christ Jesus. And we, we're going to look at that first scripture here uh, in the book of 1 Corinthians, the first chapter. And I'm going to read that, and then I'm going to read, a, I'm going to read that from the NIV. I'm sorry, the uh, King James Version. Then I want to read that from the Amplified Version. Christ Jesus is our righteousness. So we're receiving Christ. Uh, we're not just receiving just a word of righteousness, but we're receiving a person. Christ Jesus is our righteousness. And because of his death, his burial, and his resurrection, 
you and I have received him as our righteousness. So it's by faith. We don't always um, feel like it, (laughs) that we're righteous. Um, You know, there are times that you and I have days that, you know, uh, we go through the process of life, things we have to deal with, the family, uh, job, uh, situations uh, concerning relationships, situations concerning our finances, whatever it is that you and I have to deal with throughout the course of the day. Uh, we don't always feel righteousness, but thank God that it's not based upon our feeling because none of us would be here <laughs> if it was based on our feeling. But it has nothing to do with our feeling. It has nothing to do with something that you and I have done. We are receiving a person. We have received uh, Christ Jesus as our righteousness, his death his burial, and his resurrection. Because he is alive and he's seated on the right hand of the Father, then we have received him as our Lord and Savior, then he is our righteousness. And receiving him as our righteousness is something i got to uh, remind myself of. You have to remind yourself of this every day. You know, Scripture talks about fighting a good fight of faith. So it, it sometimes it's not easy because of situations that we're dealing with, but we we take a step of faith, and you say, you, uh, I'm going to fight the good fight of faith and trust and stand on the word of God that Christ has become my righteousness. It's already done. I don't have to try and uh, work for it. Thank God we don't have to do that, uh, because if we had to do that, then none of us would probably make it. We'd probably be, you know, dead and gone somewhere, because we tried to work up to it to receive the righteousness, and 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 exerted all our strength and could never obtain it. So Christ has become our righteousness. So the scripture says here in 1 Corinthians, the first chapter, it says, uh, and beginning with verse 30, it says, But of him are ye in Christ Jesus, who of God is made unto us, who of God is made unto you and I, Wisdom. First, he's made unto us wisdom, and we're talking about Christ Jesus. Then he's made unto us righteousness, righteousness, and sanctification, and redemption. He's made unto us wisdom, the mind of God. He's made unto us righteousness, right standing with God. He's made unto us sanctification. He set us apart for a particular purpose, for, for the will of God. And redemption, he's purchased us back, he's he's brought us back, he's brought us back into harmony and fellowship with the Father. I'm going to read that from the Amplified Version. It says, but it is from him that you have your life in Christ Jesus. Who is the him? God. It is from him, God the Father, that you have. Have your life in Christ Jesus, whom God made our wisdom. God has made Christ Jesus our wisdom. Wisdom is, in the Amplified Version, is broken down. It is revealed to us a knowledge of the divine plan of salvation previously hidden. The reason why it was previously hidden, because Christ Jesus had not died. But after his death, his his burial, his resurrection, now it's revealed to us in the knowledge of his divine plan. His plan is, is unfolded unto us. His plan has been revealed to us. 
then it says manifesting itself as our righteousness, thus making us upright and putting us in right standing with God. Now, Christ Jesus did this for you and I. It, it was a free gift according to Ephesians, the second chapter and verse 8. Not of works that any man should boast. So there's nothing you and I need to do except believe God and receive it. I don't have to, you don't have to work for it. I don't have to try and uh, plan for it. Um, I don't have to try and set a goal for it. Um, I don't have to try and work up to it and make X amount of dollars and try to be promoted uh, high in, 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 on my job and try to get a, a, a greater education so I can receive it. No, no, no. All I have to do is receive the righteous one who is Christ Jesus. And receiving him is by faith. It has nothing to do with something that you can do. You don't have to earn it. Thank God we don't have to earn it. But we receive him, Christ Jesus, the righteous one. It says he put us in right standing with God. He put us in right standing with his heavenly father. When he died, he was buried. He was resurrected. His death, burial, and resurrection, the cross, he put us in right standing with his heavenly father. And it says, and our consecration, making us pure and holy, and our redemption, providing our ransom from eternal penalty for sin. Now, those of you who have loved ones who are not uh, manifested saved, who have not manifestly, openly said that I received Christ Jesus as my Lord and Savior, but you're standing on the word of God that before they leave here, they will receive Christ Jesus as their Lord and Savior. But think about it, if I could say it a little differently here concerning this scripture. Christ Jesus has his death through his burial, his resurrection, all of that Coming together, Christ Jesus has died to set them free. He was buried to set them free. He resurrected to set them free and put them back in right standing with God. Isn't that powerful? That's so awesome that before they even say, I received him, Christ has already taken care of it. The only thing he's waiting for, uh, you and I are waiting for, is for them to say it out of their mouth. Even though we believe that by faith, God has already done it for them in Christ Jesus. They don't know that Christ Jesus has done it for them, but we're standing on the word of God that one day soon they will uh, confess Christ Jesus as a Lord and Savior, and we know that God has already put them back in right standing through the death, burial, and resurrection of his son, Christ Jesus. I think that's so powerful to know that God has already provided the way for them, a way of rescue, a way of salvation for them. And let's look at um, Galatians, the third chapter here, and verse 6. So you and I, we're receiving the righteous one. Abraham set the pace and example for us all. He's the father of faith. Father is an originator, so he's the originator of faith. He showed us how to do it. We know that Abraham believed God, and it was accounted to him for righteousness' sake. So Abraham, and how we know Abraham believed God is because Abraham obeyed God. You can't say that you believe God and you're not in obedience to God. So Abraham set the example for us. He showed us how to obey God, 
and through his obedience, then it was accounted to him for righteousness' sake. So we haven't received the uh, the word of God, having read the scriptures, then there are many other scriptures that, that besides the book of Romans, the fourth chapter there, um, there are some other scriptures that coincide and, and complement and agree with Romans, the fourth chapter, that lets us know that Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness sake. Wouldn't it be powerful for God to say concerning you uh, that Barbara believed God and it was accounted to her for righteousness sake, uh, that, that James believed God? God and it was accounted to him for righteousness sake, uh, that my mom believed God and it was accounted to her for righteousness sake, uh, that my father believed God, my sister believed God, my brother believed God, and it was accounted to them for righteousness sake. And somebody might say, well, how do you know that they believe God? Because they obey God. And in their obedience, God said, because you obeyed me, you believed me, it's accounted to you for righteousness sake. You saw Abraham set the pace, and he set the example for you. And so, therefore, you followed the, the pattern of Abraham, so you believe God also, now it's accounted to you for righteousness sake. So, righteousness qualifies you and I. The righteous, receiving the righteous one, Christ Jesus, it qualifies me. He qualifies you you and I to receive all the blessings that God has for us. Once I'm qualified, then all I have to do is just receive it by faith. I receive the salvation of my family members by faith. I receive that, that promotion that God promised me. I receive that prophetic word that God spoke over my life. I receive all the blessings of God because why? It, I believe God and it's, it's accounted to me for righteousness sake. Galatians, the third chapter, and verse 6 says, Thus Abraham believed in and adhered to and trusted in and relied on God. Isn't that powerful? All of this, this, this uh, word is broken down how Abraham believed God. When it says Abraham believed God, it says Abraham adhered to God. In other words, he adhered to the word of God. He obeyed the word of God. He trusted in the word of God. He relied on the word of God. He depended on the word of God. The word of God was his final authority. Uh, nothing else was the final authority besides the word of God. So Abraham, and because he believed God and trusted God, it was reckoned and placed to his account and credited as righteousness, which is conformity to the divine will in purpose, thought, and action. Isn't that powerful? Abraham believed God. I would be so, it would be so awesome for God to look at you and I and say, you know what, because my son believed me, because my daughter believed me, she trusted me, she relied on me, she depended on me, she allows my word to be the final authority for her life. She doesn't make a move apart from getting the heart and the mind of God, apart from getting my, my wisdom, uh, and she conforms to my divine will and purpose, thought, and action, then I'm going to credit that to her account for righteousness' sake. Wouldn't that be powerful that God said that about you today, that you believe God, and he's going to credit that to your, uh, to your account, and he's going to give you all the blessings that he has promised you because you received the righteous one, 
This is what God is looking for from you and I. He's looking for you and I to believe him. He's looking for you and I to trust his word. He's looking for you and I to depend on his word. He's looking for you and I to receive his son, Christ Jesus, believe in his his death, his burial, his resurrection, knowing that it's already accomplished. There's nothing else that you and I have to do. We don't have to try and work for it. We don't have to try and uh, be promoted for it. No, no, no. All I have to do, all you have to do is receive the righteous one. And that qualifies you to receive all the blessings that God has for you. Will the devil challenge that? Of course he will. Because he doesn't want you and I to receive the blessings of God. So he's going to cause uh, uh, things to happen. He's going to stir up a little confusion over here and stir up a little uh, envy over there. And he's going to touch somebody over here and touch somebody to say something wrong about you and, and touch the boss on your job to uh, say a, a few things to you. And, and, and what is he trying to do to get you to move off the word of God, to stop believing God. He's going to touch your spouse if you're believing that your spouse is saved and you're standing on the word of God for God to do a a, a new thing and to bring his uh, word to pass concerning your spouse and concerning your children. Then what is he going to do? God is going to allow it to be done. And and God is going to allow controversy to go on. Why? To see if you're going to continue to believe him. To see if you're going to continue to stand on the word of God. To see if you really believe that Christ Jesus is... He's your righteousness. He's your wisdom. He's your sanctification. He's your redemption. Ladies and gentlemen, that's all of it in a nutshell right there. Your wisdom, your righteousness, your sanctification, and your redemption. What more must the Son of God do for you and I in order for us to believe him? So if you and I are standing on the word and you are believing God for your spouse, you believe in God for that job, you believe in God to bring his word to pass in your life, all you have to do is continue, all we have to do is continue to stand on the word of God. Don't be moved by the distractions. Distractions come to try and move us off the word of God. But we got to stay focused. Just like the, the athlete is running, those who run track and field, and, and uh, maybe you ran track and field in school or you're watching on TV, but when they're running around the track, they cannot allow any distractions to pull them off focus from making it to the finish line. And that's what Satan wants to do to you. He wants to stop you from making it to the finish line. He wants to stop you and I from reaching that goal in Christ Jesus. But you and I have to be determined like Paul said. Paul says, I press toward the mark. Pressing is is putting pressure. It's exerting energy, extra weight to make it to the finish line. And so you and I, we got to put that extra pressure in. We got to put that extra weight in when it, when it's time for the for a mother to give birth to the baby. We find energy. <laughs> we find extra uh, help from somewhere. We know it's coming from God, those of us who, who are saints and believe God. We, we find that extra help. You know, uh, I remember the mothers uh, in the old time day, they used to say, I feel my help coming on. Well, we know that he's already inside of us, and, and so we know that it's by faith, but we know what they meant, you know. Uh, I feel my help coming on. And so that's what happens when you're going around uh, going around the track and you're making it to the finish line. But from somewhere, I've heard it said that they have, they find extra wind. 
It's like that that last extra win. They they've already ran around the track. They they've done uh, uh made it around. And so when it's almost time to get to the finish line, from somewhere they find that extra help. They find that extra win where they can make it and they can pass everybody that's running in in the race with them and be the first one at the finish line. And you know who that help is? Christ Jesus. And that's what he's waiting on you and I. To, to When you and I come to the end of ourselves, then we will trust him. Then we will look to him because I'm, I, I receive Christ Jesus. I receive the righteous one. Here it is in, in Galatians, the fifth chapter, and verse 5, it says, For we, not relying on the law, not relying on our works, because the law said that a man is justified by his works, but we know that uh, because of our faith in Christ Jesus, we're saved through faith by grace or through faith, uh, not of works that any man should boast. And I think I'm paraphrasing this scripture here uh, in the book of Ephesians. I think it's the second chapter in verse 8. So it's not of works, but it's by faith or by, yes, by faith through grace in Christ Jesus. So we not relying on the law through the Holy Spirit's help, through whose help? The Holy Spirit's help by faith anticipate and wait for the blessing and good for which our righteousness and right standing with God, which is our conformity to his will and purpose, thought, and action causing us to hope. So what causes you and I to hope? Not relying on the law, not relying on our works has nothing to do with something good that you did today, uh, a good deed that you did, or a kind act, uh, or gave somebody some extra money today, or uh, you took somebody out to lunch, or you gave somebody a ride. No, you don't have to do any of that to try and earn your way or, or gain the righteousness. All we have to do is receive the righteous one and, and conform to his will in purpose, in thought, in action, and it causes us to hope because we receive the righteous one, and that qualifies us, receiving the righteous one. And think about it like this. Somebody could have received Christ Jesus, the righteous one, five years ago. Then you take another person that received Christ Jesus maybe yesterday. Are they both qualified? Absolutely, because they both have received the righteous one. So nobody can say, well, I did a little bit more than her, and I've, I've been saved longer than her, and I've been saved longer than him, and I've been working in ministry uh, longer than her, and, and, and I fasted longer than him, and, and I fast every weekend, and I pray and get up and pray uh, uh, at 3 a.m. every day. But so what? That, that doesn't mean that, that you're qualified. All that is is saying that you're doing extra works. But Christ Jesus is the righteous one that you and I receive. He's the one that has qualified us, not our works, not anything that we can do. The scripture says, least any man can boast. Because if, if boasting was of the law, then all of us would have something to boast about. Paul said that I can boast more than you all because I'm qualified more than all of you. But it's not by our works. It's receiving Christ Jesus, the righteous one. Here in the book of James, the second chapter, and verse 23, it says, And so the scripture was fulfilled 
that says, Abraham believed in, adhered to, trusted in, and relied on God, and this was accounted to him as righteousness, as conformity to God's will in thought and deed. Let's look at that right there. Conformity to God's will in thought and deed. And everything that he thought, in other words, his thoughts, Abraham, thoughts lined up with God. I believe there was a holy reverential fear of God in Abraham's thoughts. So what is that saying about for you and I? We have to have the holy reverential fear of God in our thoughts. In other words, I fear God that I don't want to think anything that's going to bring shame to the name of Christ or, or that's going to uh, make the name of Christ look bad. I don't want to think any negative thought, any uh, dirty thought, thoughts that come from my works, uh, the works of my flesh, uh, or thoughts that come from my soulish, uh, soulish nature. I want to think the thoughts that, that's, in, that's in alignment with the word of God, God, thoughts of love and thoughts of, of peace and thoughts of compassion and thoughts of, of, of kindness. Thoughts that's going to glorify and honor God. So it says conformity to God's will and thought and deed. Indeed, deed is something that I do. So if I'm going to do anything, then I want to do something that's in line that shows that I I fear God. There's a holy reverential fear and the things that I do for my brother, the things that I do for, for my sister, the things that I do as a wife to my husband, uh, the works that I do or the things that I do to my daughters, uh, the things that I do as a as a servant of the Most High God. I want to make sure that it's in line that's going to glorify God and, and God is going to be pleased with it. At the end of the day, I want God to be able to look at uh, uh, my life and say, I was pleased with everything that you did today. My daughter, you please me with what you said. I, I, I know you, you went through something on your job today, but you didn't allow it to get you out of character. You kept the right mindset. And you you still glorified me in what you said. I know that person said something to you, and it was really trying to, you know, get next to you and cause you to get out of character. But you didn't do that. You remembered me. You kept me in your thoughts. And, and everything that came out of your mouth, you know how some people say, uh, you know, they, they may curse, and they say, oops, I didn't mean to say that. Well, in a way, you did. You know why? Because it's in your heart. If it wasn't there, it couldn't come out. If, if there's no nothing uh, that, you know, the works of the flesh is not dominating your life, then it's not going to come out of your heart. Uh, but uh, we know that everything springs from the heart. And so uh, if it's not there, it can't come out. If it's if the word of God is there, then the word of God is what's going to come out. If, if love is there, then love is going to come out. If compassion is there, compassion is going to come out. Uh, if peace is there, peace is going to come out. If joy is there, joy is what's going to come out. Only the word of God that's hidden in your heart. David said, I hid the word of, in my heart. So I, I hid the word of God in my heart that why? That I might not sin against you. So that's what David said. So if David had to hide the word of God in his heart, then what do you think about you and I? We have to hide the word of God in our heart as well. So we will not sin against the most high God. Sin with our tongue and sin with our mouth and, and things that we think. 
but we want to make sure that the word of God is hidden there. So when I am tested and God allows it, uh, me to be tested, then the word of God is what's going to come out of my mouth. Amen. Does that make sense to you? I pray that God is speaking to you from what we're sharing on tonight concerning the righteousness of God. Let's look at the righteousness of God uh, in Matthew, this sixth chapter here. Matthew, the sixth chapter and verse 33 says, but speak, and this in all the scriptures that I'm reading is from the Amplified Version. It says, but seek, aim at, and strive after, first of all, his kingdom and his righteousness. His what? His kingdom and his righteousness. His way of doing and being right. So I have to make a decision that when I go to my job tomorrow, that I want to strive and aim to do everything uh, that's going to glorify him. Uh, in my relationship with my spouse, I want to make sure that I say everything that's going to glorify and honor him. It says his righteousness, his way of doing and being right. It may not be my way, my according to my flesh, but as I meditate on him and as I apply the word of God, then God will begin to show you and I how to do those things and, and say the right words that's going to honor him and glorify him. And the more I practice this, the more I practice the word of God. You know how they say practice makes perfect. We know that's not a scripture, but uh, practice does make perfect because the more you and I practice the Word of God, uh, walk in the Word of God, apply the Word of God, what's happening? God is causing me to become that Word. He's developing my heart into that good ground heart that St. Mark, the fourth chapter, brings about and talks about. God is developing me, molding and shaping my character into the character that will glorify him, that will honor him. And then pretty soon I'm looking back at my life and saying, wow, I didn't even know, <laughs> uh, you know, when did I change? And uh, I just, you know, loving on God and applying the word of God and developing my my mind and developing, uh, you know, yielding to the Holy Spirit. And, and the more I did that, then the more what's happening. You're being transformed into the very same image of Christ Jesus because as we behold him, we're changed into his image. So, so what are you beholding? Are you beholding the righteousness of God? If you are beholding the righteousness of God, which is Christ Jesus, and you are embracing him, the more you embrace him, the more you behold him and apply the word of God, then you're going to be changed into the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You're going to be changed. Christ has become a righteousness for us. So, so we're going to be changed uh, into that very same image, just like Christ Jesus. We'll be changed uh, so when people see us, they won't really see us, but they'll see Christ Jesus. When my husband hears me talk, he's not really listening to me, but he's listening to Christ Jesus. When my daughters hear me talk, they're not really listening to me, but they're listening to Christ Jesus. 
when when you go on your job, the people on your job, your coworkers, they're not really listening to you. They're listening to Christ Jesus. Uh, when you're in your relationship with your siblings, they're not really seeing you, but they're hearing and seeing Christ Jesus. The more you and I be embrace Christ Jesus and behold him, then we are being changed into that very same image that we are beholding. So ask yourself, what are you beholding? Are you beholding the righteousness of God? What are you looking at? Are you looking at the righteousness of God? Are you constantly looking at yourself and saying, you know, I can't do this, I can't do that? Uh, that's a that's a trick of the enemy. That's exactly what Satan wants you to look at. But remember, you have embrace Christ Jesus, the righteous one. And Christ Jesus' righteousness, he has qualified you. And so because he's qualified you, then you and I can can go forth in his righteousness, embracing him, beholding him, and then we can be changed into that very same image that we are beholding. Let's look at another scripture here in the book of Isaiah, the 32nd chapter. And we're going to look at verse 17 and verse 18. We're still talking about the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. God desires for you and I to embrace him, his son, Christ Jesus. Jesus, the Lamb of God, has taken away the sin of the world through his death. He defeated death. His, his, uh, through his death, he, de- he defeated every work of the flesh because he defeated it in the flesh on the cross. And his burial, he was buried, and his resurrection, now we embrace him, Christ Jesus, who is our conqueror. In all these things, we are more than conquerors through Christ Jesus. It's through Christ that we conquer. It's through Christ that we are overcomers. It's through Christ that we walk in the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. It's through Christ that you and I are qualified. Let's look at Isaiah, the 32nd chapter, and verse 17 and verse 18. It says, and the effect, the effect of righteousness will be, now this is the effect of righteousness. In other words, this is the result of what has happened because of Christ Jesus becoming our righteousness. So the effect of righteousness will be peace, internal and external. How? Inside of you and on the outside of you, internally and externally. The effect of righteousness, the effect of Christ Jesus will be peace. And isn't he our peace as well? Christ Jesus has become our peace. It says internal and external. And because we embrace him and we realize that he has qualified us, then when you're on your job and controversy or chaos and confusion is maybe going on around you, you can walk with your head held high and and walk in the peace of God and not even be moved by what's going on. And people be looking at you and say, man, how do you do that? How you can have peace when, when everything is going on? Didn't you hear what they said? They're they getting ready to lay some people off. Uh, uh, didn't you hear what they said? They're sending out pink notices in the, in the, in the mail. Didn't you hear? Uh, did you get something in your mailbox? Uh, uh, you can walk around with that internal peace because you have embraced the, the captain of your peace, the Lord of peace. You have embraced Christ Jesus. And so he is your peace. And, and what's happening on the outside What's happening on the inside is a result of what's happening on the outside. 
I think I said that wrong. What's happening on the outside is a result of what's happening on the inside. I think that's how it's said. So because I have embraced Christ Jesus as my peace, as my righteousness, then 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 the scripture says, I believe it's in the book of Colossians, that he has uh his because of his blood he has uh purchased our peace. He has become our peace through his blood. So his blood has caused you and I to be able to have the peace of God. So what's happening on the outside is a result of what's going on on the inside. Everything is happening, you know, on my job, and things are being stirred up, but I have internal peace, and so therefore I can walk around with a smile on my face knowing that God has already taken care of it. I have embraced Christ Jesus, my peace. I have embraced Christ Jesus, my righteousness. I have embraced Christ Jesus, my wisdom, my sanctification, my redemption. And because I have embraced him, I can have peace on the outside and not be moved by what's going on on my job and not be moved by what's going on in, in society. I don't have to be moved by what's going on in this world because why? As he is, so am I in this world. And he is my peace. And so therefore, I walk and I, and I have peace on the inside. I have peace externally as well. And then it says, and the result of righteousness will be quietness and confident trust forever. In other words, I walk around and I have that peace and it causes my spirit man to be at, at rest. It causes my spirit man to be, to know that God has already done it. Um, trust in him. Conformity, remember Abraham, conformity to him and thought, purpose, and deed. And so there's a quietness. There's a, and remember the scripture in the book of Isaiah, I think it's the 40th chapter, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. So only those that wait upon the Lord, only those that embrace Christ Jesus as their peace. Only those that is trusting God and, and things may be going on with your you know with your children at their school and maybe going on with your children with their friends uh, but because you have embraced Christ Jesus, uh, your righteousness, uh, the righteous one, your wisdom, your sanctification, your redemption through his death, his burial, his resurrection, uh, all of what God has accomplished for you and I, you have embraced that, and, 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 and because you have embraced that, then you are experiencing that. Isn't that powerful? That we don't have to be moved by what's happening around us. We have that internal peace. We have the external peace. We have quietness. We trust God. And because we trust God, we know that God has already qualified us through his son, Christ Jesus. So I don't have to try and work for it. I don't have to try and boast that I did this to accomplish it. None of that. Christ Jesus qualified me because I believed him. Remember Abraham? It was accounted to Abraham uh, for righteousness sake. So God wants to account it to you for righteousness sake because you believe God. How do we know that Abraham believed God? Because he obeyed God. How do we know that you believe God? Because you obey God. Amen? Let's look at verse 18. It says, My people shall dwell in peaceable habitation. My people shall dwell in a peaceable habitation. Habitation is that place, that dwelling place, that dwelling place. It's that, that place of, 
of, of where Christ comes and he abides. Uh, he, he lives. He has made his home. He has made his abode. Uh, you've opened up the door to him. And, and so he says, my people shall dwell in a peaceable habitation and safe dwellings and in quiet resting places. And this is a place that's not external. This is a place that's internal. Because remember, it says uh, that righteousness will be peace, internal and external. So we're not talking about a natural place. We're talking about this place in God, this place in your relationship with God. It is in a quiet resting place. You're not disturbed. You're not moved by what's going on on the job. You're not moved by what's going on. You may have only a few dollars in your bank account, but you know that God is the God that has supplied all your needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. You know that you have all spiritual things in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that God has blessed you with it. You know that you're faithful and, and paying your tithes and giving your offerings unto the Lord. You know that you're obedient to God. Then God says he looks at you and says, you know what, I account it to you for righteousness to, uh, righteousness sake. I'm going to account it to you because you have conformed to my thought, my purpose, and my deed. And so you believe me, you have embraced my son, Christ Jesus. And so therefore, it qualifies you to dwell in a quiet resting place and not be moved by what's going on around you. Let's look at Isaiah, the 61st chapter, and we're talking about the righteousness of God. We have embraced Christ Jesus, who is our righteousness. We're not talking about some things that we have done. You and I can never boast of anything that we have done. We're not qualified. We can never be qualified enough to receive the blessings of God. So that's why we receive Christ Jesus. He is the righteous one. He has become unto us wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, and our redemption. Isaiah 61 and verse 10, this is the Amplified Version. It says, I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. Ask yourself, are you rejoicing in the Lord right now? The psalmist said, I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My soul will exult in my God. Why? Because he has clothed me with the garments of salvation. He has covered me with the robe of righteousness. In other words, he's covered me with himself, with his son. He's covered you and I with his son, the robe of righteousness, as a bridegroom decks himself with a garland and as a bride adorns herself with her jewels. He says, the summer said, I'm going to greatly rejoice in the Lord. Are you rejoicing in God right now because God has clothed you with the robe of righteousness? This is by faith. We're not talking about what you feel because if we had to go on our feelings, none of us <laughs> would be here. None of us would be able to say anything because we, we're living in our feelings. But it has nothing to do with our feelings. It's by faith. Remember, Abraham believed God, so God is looking for you and I to believe him. God is looking for you and I to talk about his word because we believe him, to speak his word because why? We believe him. That qualifies us. That qualified Abraham, and Abraham is the father of faith. Abraham set the pace. He set the example before us, and if it qualified Abraham, then it will qualify you and I. It says, I will greatly rejoice. 
rejoice in the Lord, my soul. I'm not going to rejoice in my works. I'm not going to rejoice in, in something that I've done. I'm not going to rejoice in any relationship. I'm going to rejoice in the Lord. My soul will exalt in my God because he, look at what God did. He clothed me. He clothed you with garments of salvation. He covered you with the robe of righteousness. Hallelujah. So we don't have to try and fake it until we make it. No, I'm qualified because I have, I can rejoice in the Lord because I received the righteous one, Christ Jesus. I'm qualified because I believe God. I'm qualified because of what Christ Jesus has done for me, and I believe God. And because I do, I can greatly rejoice in the Lord. I'm reminded of the scripture in the book of Psalms. Uh, I believe it's in Psalms 37 and verse 4. It says, delight thyself also in the Lord, and he will give you your, the, the, uh, the desires of your heart. He's going to give you and I the desires of his heart, because this is the way it works. I delight myself in the Lord, and as I'm delighting in the Lord, then he puts his desires in me, and then he gives me the desires of my heart. <laughs> Isn't that awesome? And the desires that you have, they didn't come from you. They came as you were delighting in God. Not something that you thought of yourself. You and I can never think of the blessings that God has, has in store for us. Remember in Jeremiah, he says, I know the thoughts that I think towards you. Thoughts of peace and not evil to give you an expected end. The expected end that you and I receive comes from God, not from you. Not you lay down last night and you had a dream and you woke up and acted on that dream. No, it came from God. You was meditating on the law, on the word of God. Remember Joshua said, this book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth. If it's not to depart out of your mouth, that means that I'm always thinking about him. I'm always talking about him. David says, when I lay down at night, I muse upon your works. I, I meditate upon you. Uh, throughout the day, my thoughts are filled of you. And this is a place that God wants you and I to come to. You know, this is a place that we got to practice. You know, we got to, you know, uh, be intentional about it. I got to intentionally put my thoughts on God. I have to intentionally put my meditation on God. I have to intentionally have dreams or meditations of him and seeing myself apply the word of God and seeing myself uh, be kind and seeing myself do the word of God. I have to intentionally be kind. I have to intentionally uh, walk in the word of God, walk in the spirit so I won't fulfill the lust of my flesh. I have to intentionally think the thoughts of Christ. I have to intentionally conform to his will, his purpose, his way of doing things. I have to intentionally allow the fruits of the spirit to be developed on the inside of me. I have to intentionally seek his kingdom, and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto me. I have to intentionally love him with all my heart, mind, soul, and strength. I have to intentionally be good, do good, and, and do the word of God, and apply the word of God. I have to intentionally love people who I know don't love me. I have to intentionally be kind to people who are not kind to me. I have to intentionally allow the word of, the word of God come out of my mouth, uh, allow it to come out of my 
spirit. I have to intentionally be compassionate to someone who I know don't don't want to have anything to do with me. But it has nothing to do with me, with them, has everything to do with the righteous one that I received. And because I have embraced him, then he does it on the inside of me. He stands up as I yield to the Holy Spirit. He stands up on the inside of me. And as I embrace him, then I embrace him as my wisdom, my righteousness, my sanctification, and my redemption. It's Christ Jesus. It's not me. It's Christ Jesus. It's not you. It's Christ Jesus. You delight yourself also in him, and he gives you the desires of your heart. Delight in him. Delight means to enjoy him. When was the last time you enjoyed your fellowship with the Lord? When was the last time you enjoyed spending time with God? When was the last time you enjoyed reading the Word of God and just meditating on the Word of God? When was the last time you enjoyed that, that quiet time where just it was nobody but you and God and you just began to meditate on Him? When was the last time you enjoyed just fasting, you know, just turning down your plate and saying, you know what, today, God, I'm just going to fast just because I love you. When was the last time you turned down your plate and said, you know what, I'm going to fast. I'm not going to go out to lunch today. I know they said they was going to, you know, get together and they was going to go in fellowship. That today is the last day before we go on our spring break or Christmas break or we end for the year. Uh, I'm not going to go there. I'm, I'm just going to fast because I love God. Nothing wrong with going with them, you know, to lunch. We're not talking about that. But we're just talking about you enjoying your relationship with God. You delighting in God. When was the last time you enjoyed going to a Bible study just so you can hear the word of God from your man or woman of God? When was the last time you enjoyed just spending time uh, fellowshipping, just giving yourself away to your to your spouse and to your family? When was the last time you just enjoyed telling someone about the goodness of God and say, you know what? God healed me. I, I, I was in a car accident, and, and I had pain all in my back, and, and God delivered me, and God set me free, and God gave me a miracle in my back. When was the last time you told someone about the miracles that God has done in your life? When was the last time you just enjoyed your fellowship with God? You just poured your love on him and, and, and just told God how much you appreciate him and how much you adore him. When was the last time you just enjoyed your fellowship with God? Not that you was asking him for anything, but you just wanted to let God know how much you loved him and how much you appreciated him. You know, that's what worship is all about. Worship is letting God know um, how much he is worth to me. I'm pouring my love on him. I, I adore you, God. I love you, God. I appreciate you. You are my heavenly father, and I thank you so much for your blessings. I, I thank you, God, for waking me up this morning. I thank you, God, for bringing me, taking me to my job safely. Sometimes we, think, we take things for granted, the blessings of God that God has given unto us. Don't you know that somebody didn't make it to their job today? Somebody was on their way to their job and got in an accident and maybe they lost their life or they went to the hospital because they were critically injured. Don't you know sometimes we take things for granted? But God sometimes has to give us a wake-up call and say, you know what? 
Don't take it for granted. Don't take my blessings for granted. Don't just, you know, become familiar with your relationship with me. But you, 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 you take the time and you thank God. And, and that's what you do. When somebody gives you something, you, you thank them. And so we, we thank God. God, I thank you for taking me to my job safely this morning. I thank you, Lord, that when I went on my hour lunch today and I drove to the to the bank today, I thank you for taking me there safely and bring me back safely at the appointed time. I thank you, Lord, God, I have to travel uh, 40 miles or uh, uh, 40 minutes or 45 minutes or one hour one way to my job. And I thank you, God, for taking me there safely and bringing me, bringing me back safely at the appointed time. I thank you, God, for taking me to pick up my kids, God, and bringing them bringing me back safe. I thank you for shielding and protecting my kids while they were at school. There's so much going on, God, in the school system, but I thank you, God, for shielding and protecting my kids while they were at school today, God. I thank you, God, for blessing me with the job. Many people don't have a job, but I thank you, God, that you blessed me with the job. God, I thank you for that raise that you just gave me on my job. I wasn't expecting it, God, but I thank you because of my faithfulness to you, and I thank you, God, that I was able to pay my tithes and give my offering on Sunday, God. I thank you, God, that I was able to go to church on yesterday, oh God, and hear a word from you, oh God. And I thank you for that word that you spoke to us on righteousness, oh God. I thank you, God, that I begin to begin to see you for who you are, and thank you, God, for qualifying me. I thank you, God. Help me not to take it for granted. Help me not to become familiar with you, oh God. I thank you for my spouse, oh God. And I thank you, Lord God, that we've been married 26 years. I thank you for our daughters, oh God, blessing us with three beautiful daughters. I, I thank you, God. See, we, we don't want to become familiar with what God has done, and then we forget to thank God. But we want to always remember what God has done and given us through his son, Jesus Christ. He, Christ Jesus, has become our righteousness. He's our wisdom. God, I thank you for your wisdom in Christ Jesus. I embrace the wisdom of God. I thank you, God. I, you, you allowed me to, to, you spoke to me concerning wisdom, oh God, and you gave me your heart and your mind on, on my job today, oh God, and I was able to solve this problem and, and help my boss with a situation, oh God. I thank you, God. It wasn't me, but it was Christ Jesus that lived on the inside of me. And I thank you, Lord God, for becoming my righteousness. Oh, God, I thank you for putting me in right standing with the Father. I thank you for becoming my sanctification. I thank you, God, for setting me apart for your purpose, oh, God. And I thank you, God, for redeeming me, oh, God. You became my redemption, oh, God. And I thank you. I embrace you, Christ Jesus. I don't want to take it for granted, God. Forgive me, oh God, in, for times past where I took it for granted, oh God, and, and I became familiar with your blessings, oh God. But God, give me a, a heart and a mind, oh God, to receive uh, everything that you've done for me, oh God. And, and know, oh God, that you didn't have to do it, but I thank you that you did it, oh God. And therefore, I praise you and I bless you, oh God. I thank you, Lord God, for a shepherd, oh God, that loves you, oh God, with his heart, mind, soul, and strength, oh God. I thank you, Lord God, for a shepherd that wants to teach us the word of God, a, a shepherd, oh God, that consecrates himself before you, oh God, a shepherd that prays to you, oh God, a shepherd that loves loves you, oh God, and want to be in the will of God, oh God, and want to give us, the people of God, the word of God. I thank you for the transition, oh God. I thank you, Lord God, for everything that's going on. We don't want to take it for granted. Forgive us, Lord. And we thank you, God. We praise you for your blessings, God. See, sometimes we have to stop 
and God had to, you know, he give us a wake-up call. And he tells us, you know what, when was the last time you just took a few moments and began to thank me? Not thanking me on the run, thanking me on the go. There's nothing wrong with, with thanking him in the car. We're not talking about that. But taking a few moments where it's just you and God, and you're not focused on nothing, just you and your relationship with God, and you're just taking a few moments to thank him and to praise him and to worship him. Somebody said that when you take the, the P off praise, then he will begin to raise you. And I believe that's not talking naturally. That's talking spiritually. That as we're praising him, then he's raising my thoughts. My, my mind has been elevated to a place in him that I, I see myself sitting, sitting in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. And I see myself being raised to, to have the mind of Christ and to think the thoughts of Christ and to conform to his will, his purpose, his plan. And that I will do all things that will bring glory and honor to his name. Let's look at one more scripture here. Romans 14 and verse 17 says, After all, the kingdom of God is not a matter of getting food and drink one likes, but instead it is righteousness, that state which makes a person acceptable to God, and heart, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Where is it found? In the Holy Spirit. It's not food it's not about you getting something to eat. It's not about you and I getting something to drink. But it's that state that makes you and I acceptable to God. Righteousness that has qualified us. Embracing Christ Jesus is, the, is that state that makes you and I qualified before God by accepting the righteous one, which is Christ Jesus. Christ is the one who has become our righteousness. It's Christ. It's not of any works that anybody can boast, no matter who they are, no matter how educated they are and how much money they have and the biggest house they may live in and the nicest cars they may drive and four and five cars and three and four garages. It doesn't even matter what they have and their status in society, but it's the state of the heart. It's who you and I have embraced. Who have you embraced? Let me leave you with this final thought. Who have you embraced? Have you come to the place that you embrace Christ Jesus, who has become unto you and I righteousness, sanctification, and redemption? First of all, he's become our wisdom, then our righteousness, then sanctification, then our redemption. We embrace him, and I pray that God spoke something to you this evening as you were listening. And if you come back and listen to the blog talk later on, I pray that God speak to you and I and calls us to embrace him so we, it can be counted to us for righteousness' sake as it was concerning Abraham. Abraham believed God. You and I need to believe God so it can be accounted to us for righteousness' sake that we have embraced Christ Jesus. We obeyed Christ Jesus. We took a few moments to, to receive him, and then we, we thank him, and we praise him, and we worship him, and we honor him, and we pour our love on him. We don't want to take it for granted what God has done for us in Christ Jesus. We don't want to become familiar with him, but we want to thank him and recognize every day 
that is Christ Jesus. We are here because of Christ Jesus, not because of our good works, but because of what Christ has done, what the Father has done for us in Christ Jesus, who has become unto us our wisdom, our righteousness, our sanctification, and our redemption. This has been your host, Prophetess Kathy L. McKenzie. Don't forget about our prayer. Join us, if you will, 5.30 in the morning. Call your family and friends. Let them know about our prayer line in the morning. If you'd like to listen to the prayer and pray along with us, you can always go to our website, ejmpcc.com, and receive the reference numbers. We have reference numbers from the past prayers as well, as well that you can listen to and pray along with us. May the peace of God be with you on tonight. I pray that God spoke a word to encourage your heart on tonight. Let's embrace Christ Jesus, our righteousness, our sanctification, and our redemption. I pray that you have been blessed. This has been your host once again, Prophetess Kathy L. McKenzie on the Blog Talk Radio.